Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Hey there, welcome to the show. Week 18 of the regular season. We've reached the end, Alyssa, right? There will be no more games for the Bears after they wrap up against the Vikings here in Minnesota. But to reset a question we posted during last week's episode, this quote, which team is worse off entering 2022, Bears or Giants? Oh my God, it's the Giants, isn't it? It's it's holy, holy crap, it is the Giants, not the Bears. Oh no, it's completely the Giants. I, I thought it was close. I thought it was like close, but not, it's not even close. It's really nice to watch a football game, even with a team as bad as the Bears, and see that there are teams actually worse off than you. So, I mean, there, there's still some hope when you look at like the mess that's happening in New York compared to Chicago, you know, where they're slated just kind of like completely just rework everything from what it looks like. And you got the quarterback. I mean, I came away from that game. I know the win didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it felt damn good to dominate a team, even a bad team like the Giants. And to just kind of feel good about your team for once, especially heading into a future, you know, into the future where, I mean, questions with obviously, you know, Matt, Matt Nagy is going to be gone, but, you know, wondering is Ryan Pace going to stick around? But when you look at like the two organizations, the Bears are better off and it's not even close. Not even close. Uh, not even close. Uh, the Bears look like a Super Bowl team. That was unbelievable. And, <laughs> yeah. and we'll be picking our way through that one here coming up. But uh, but first, quick reminder that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Bears Wire. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for us. An interesting week for the Bears in that we saw the good and the bad of Matt Nagy, I think, right? You you mentioned him. I think uh, I don't know, a week from now we'll be on here talking about him being fired and the next Bears head coach. I think that's coming. And we've had a lot of fun at the expense of the head coach, right? We've, we've joked about him. We've played his you know sound from his pressers. Uh, we've lamented all of his crazy decisions. Uh but we've, we, there is some good with Matt Nagy, right? You've been writing about this on the Bears Wire. I think fans have taken to it pretty well. It's one of those things where Matt Nagy came out this week and said, and he started one of his press conferences out honoring Jeff Dickerson, right, who covered the Bears for a long time. He also donated a ton of money to Dickerson's son's uh, GoFundMe. I don't know if it was GoFundMe, but it was like a charity page that raised over a million dollars. I know Adam Schefter had a lot to do with that too, a former colleague of Dickerson. But, you know, Nagy coming out, spending a lot of time talking about Jeff Dickerson, right? I always give Nagy crap for talking too much at his press conferences, except for a situation like that. Using a timeout to celebrate Robert Quinn's historic franchise record sack against the Giants, that was pretty cool. So there is a lot of good with Matt Nagy, right? There is a lot of good with him. We've, we've said it a lot on the show. He's a good guy. He just hasn't been a great coach. But he's a guy that, you know, I know, I appreciate him. I think he's good with the media. I think he's, he's handled himself pretty well in what has been a tough situation, and we can't lose sight of that. And and you certainly haven't lost sight of that, Alyssa, this week writing for uh, Bears Wire. Yeah, I, re- I respect the hell out of Matt Nagy, the person. He He's a great guy, as we saw this week. And it, it's, it's nothing new, you know, him kind of honoring Dickerson and, and donating that money. And he had, like, a cool little backstory for why he donated uh, $7,600 because – Dickerson had uh, called him before the draft last year and was like, you're going to draft Kevin Jenkins. So it's like, you know, he remembers things like that when, I mean, he, it's not his job. His job is to coach the team, but he's always treated the media with respect, even, you know, after some pretty rough games or has been feeling down and, 
you know, you look at him honoring Robert Quinn sack, like, like in the moment watching the game, I was like, Oh, like, like what happened? The game kind of stopped for a minute and you heard them or you saw it on Twitter and, and the beat, the beat guys were like, Oh yeah, Matt Nagy just called a timeout to, to really let the home crowd really honor Robert Quinn and that amazing accomplishment that he did breaking Richard Dent's sack record. So, I mean, it I mean, I respect the hell out of him. I mean, he's a really great guy. Not a good head football coach. I think we can all see that at this point. But, I mean, when you look at different situations around the NFL, like Urban Meyer in Jacksonville before he was gone, or John Gruden in Las Vegas, or most recently, I know we're going to talk about this with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, and you kind of look at the different situations there and what led to their firings or the way that some coaches are handling their upcoming firings. Nagy's known for, like, two months at this point that – He's going to be gone at the end of the season and he's handled himself with incredible professionalism and he's made it about his players and his team. And that's just been the message from day one with him. So, I mean, it could be a lot worse, right? We could have like an absolute a-hole that's like coaching this team right now, you know, and be a bad football coach, which I mean, the bears have had in the past. I mean, you can kind of look back at Mark Trestman. Like he just did not know how to handle a locker room. Like there's a difference because there've been a lot of comparisons between Nagy and Trestman. And like the big difference is that Trestman lost the locker room. Nagy hasn't, he has his players, you know, still fighting and competing at this point when there's nothing to play for, but pride at this point. And they know it's like, they know, obviously the players know at this point that Nagy's going to be gone at the end of the season. So, I mean, so they're playing for their coach right now too. And it's just really inspiring to see that he still has his players. His players are playing for him. And he just, he's just, he's incredibly respectful and professional. And I'm going to miss that. And I hope that the Bears' next head coach has that, but is also a good football coach, right? Because that's what's most important. Look at the team the Bears just played, the Giants. Were the Giants players going all out? Does Joe Judge have complete control of his locker room? Does does that team play hard? Does that team play with like spirit? No, no. The Giants looked, oh, that was terrible. That was embarrassing. That's horrible. The Bears are playing it out. They, they've been eliminated for a while. And they're playing it out. It was our last home game. You know, we talked about what we backed the Bears as five and a half point favorites last week. We both said absolutely hell yeah. Because one team's <laughs> playing well, playing for something, and the other's just in tank mode. And it's just so refreshing, right? To see to see that the team is playing it out, the team is uh is behind their head coach. It is fascinating. And but that gets me to you know, that was the good from Matt Nagy that we saw this week, but we still see the bad and the stuff that we're kind of over. And for me, topping my list was going back to Andy Dalton. Like, what what are we doing here? Why why did I have to watch another Andy Dalton game? Alyssa, he was not good. He's not. There's no way he's healthy. He's still banged up. Nick Foles is fresh. Nick Foles just led you to a road victory against Seattle in dramatic fashion. Why was Nick Foles not given the chance to start another game? I thought that was kind of weird. It, it just was. It was just awkward. And some of the decisions he made, right, starting Jason Peters in this game continually going with his guys, his veterans over younger players. I think that's a big reason why he has a locker room, right? Because the leaders, the older guys in that locker room, he's always catered to them. Those are his guys. Uh, but it did feel like one more kind of subtle middle finger to everyone at Soldier Field. Just be like, you know what? You you guys want me out. Fire Nagy. Well, yeah, look, my team's still playing hard for me, and I'm going to go out with my guys, and this is how we're going to end the year. So I, I just thought that part of it, too. As good as that stuff was with Quinn and uh, Dickerson, we saw the bad too, right? In, when we got on the field, even in a win, we saw the bad too that we're sick of. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing with Nagy: great person, horrible football coach, <laughs> and like you can you can you can tell too the way he's handled this. 
if there was any doubt that he's gone after this year, I think the last few weeks especially have shown that definitely. it's definitely the case. Yep. Because if you're going to be around next year, you're going to prioritize the younger players who are going to be a part of your roster and be the core of your team next year. Maddie's not thinking about next year. He's thinking about these final two games, or actually this final game now, uh, You know, and he wants to go out a winner, right? He wants to say, hey, look, I mean, it was pretty bad in 2021, but my guys, we ended it on a three-game win streak, right? Or, you know, whatever he wants to do. And, you know, I, I had an issue. We saw it last week. Uh, to kind of, well, let's, let's start with Andy Dalton. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields is still injured, and that's a big reason why just Nagy's handling a Fields the entire season is a big reason why he's going to be gone. And with Fields being out, I mean, I, I figured it was going to be Dalton because he's the number two on the depth chart and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, like you said, Nick Foles, he just led them to a comeback victory against the Seahawks. He was someone that Nagy brought in. Why not roll with him, right? And and at this point, it looks like Foles is still going to be on the roster next year, probably as Fields. Poor obviously Foles. Fields is backup. Mm, poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. So, I mean, like, get him, get him some reps, right? I mean, I was actually more looking forward to Nick Foles. I was like, let's see what Nick Foles is again, right? Same. Um, and then, but, I mean, I, w- I didn't have as much of an issue with that as I did with we saw last week when, uh, you know, uh, Nagy started Jermaine Effetti at right tackle because he was playing his old team, right? And he was like, oh, he wanted him to get his revenge. Instead, he showed the Seahawks exactly why they got rid of him because he was so bad. And then later he was forced to bring in Larry Boren when, when Tommy Jenkins went down. And this week we saw the same thing, too. Jason Peters back healthy, and he's starting at left tackle instead of Tevin Jenkins, who you're hoping, well, not Maggie at this point, but the Bears are hoping is the left tackle of the future, and he is just scratched, right? Like he, he doesn't get the start, and that really upset me. We saw Artie Burns starting at cornerback opposite Jalen Johnson instead of Thomas Graham, who he's been the second-best cornerback on this team, and he's played two games or three after this weekend. So, I mean, decisions like that, I mean, it, it, it's really frustrating, but it's also a reminder that Nagy's not going to be here next season. So that's why you're seeing these moves. He's coaching as a coach that's just focused on finishing this year off. He's not looking to the future because he's not part of it. Yeah, and, and what did you think, Alyssa, of watching uh, Mike Lennon play quarterback for the New York Giants? <laughs> because really, I, if I have a... If I have a coach that I'm mad at the most, I'm mad at Joe Judge for giving us kind of an awful football game. I mean, I've never seen a team just not trust his quarterback to attempt a forward pass anymore. Like, it was just so, so blatant. If you want to lose the game, you're not going to play to win. Just, just I don't know, start Jake Fromm. Or, you know what I mean? Just do, do something. <laughs> don't just run the ball every play. Like, that was kind of annoying. And Mike Glennon was terrible, by the way. He was awful. Yeah, and a reminder, I mean, this game was just everything. Because (laughs) while Matt Nagy's coming under fire, the fact that Mike Glennon, the Bears, and Ryan Pace specifically guaranteed him $18 million back in 2017, (laughs) it's just, you look at it and you're like, wow, that's a real real indictment on Ryan Pace. Because I know we talked a lot about Nagy, but Ryan Pace is someone who he needs to start being held accountable for things that have been happening since he's been here in seven years. They've yet to win a playoff game. I think he's one of two. I think he's the only coach that's not coached a GM that's, you know, been in place and hasn't won a playoff game during that span or, or whatnot. Like it's, I mean, he needs to start being held accountable. We'll see if whether they move him to a new position within the organization or if they ride, if they ride with him, a GM, give him another chance. But, you know, watching Mike Glenn, I was just like, I cannot wow. believe they actually paid that guy $18 million to start four games in 2017. It was it was brutal. I think um, Jay Feely during the broadcast said, every time the Giants drop back to pass, it's a disaster. And I'm like, that's like <laughs> the quote of the afternoon. Like, they, they abandoned the passing game entirely 
until they were forced to have to actually start passing because they were trailing by 26 points and there was nothing left to do but pass the ball if you want to stay in the game somehow. I mean, it was just, it, it was brutal. I mean, I know the Giants are down some weapons or offensive line is bad, but my God, my Clinton was just terrible. To not have your team prepared to throw the football forward and complete passes is like, I, I can understand the offense being bad and the Giants have been bad all year, but that was something else. That performance on uh, on Sunday was something else. Man, it feels good to be a Bears fan after that one because there are there are Giants fans that you and I you and I both know. One of them, Dan Benton, with the Giants wire over there. Alyssa, poor Dan. Yep, uh, he's struggling. Poor Dan, he's struggling. All those Giants fans have to watch that thing every week. At least we get the Bears, right? So we'll keep picking away at this and some other stuff, including Robert Quinn's sack record and some other stuff in our questions of the week. Right after this. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. To week 18 of the fantasy football season, I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays in case you're still in the championship hunt. Quarterback Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Risky for sure, but he has some weapons left in the passing game, and the Buccaneers have given up plenty of fantasy points to the position in the 2021 season. Eight quarterbacks have gone over the 20-point mark, and while Darnold barely managed half of that in Week 16, he faces a Tampa defense for the second time that may take an opportunity to get a little healthier before the more important work begins. Running back Deontay Foreman, Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Foreman should be a fixture in lineups, provided Derrick Henry doesn't return. And he's still useful as a flex, even if Henry does come back. The Texans have given up the most fantasy points per game to running backs in the last five weeks, and the third most on the year. No team has permitted touchdowns at a higher frequency, and this is the number two matchup for rushing yards per game since week 12. Wide receiver Cyril Grayson, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Carolina Panthers. Thrust into increased playing time due to injury, among other predictable outcomes, Grayson has been explosive each and every time he's been granted a chance to show it. In week 8 versus the New Orleans Saints, he housed his only target on a 50-yarder. In the past two games, he has 11 targets, turning them into 9 receptions for 162 yards and a score. Tom Brady will play in this one, and the bizarre ending to Antonio Brown's career as a Buccaneer opens the door for Grayson to see at least a half dozen targets versus a Carolina secondary that's banged up and has given up a ton of PPR points in recent weeks. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. In the last five weeks, Henry has scored twice, both coming in Week 15's 25.7 point outburst against an Indianapolis defense that struggles versus tight ends. He has no more than three catches for 37 yards in any of the other matchups in that time, and he managed just 31 yards on three grabs in Week 1 versus Miami. In fairness, that was his first game with New England, and it was quarterback Mac Jones's NFL debut. Miami has allowed two scores to the position in the last four games, coming at the eighth highest frequency and this is the 10th best opponent to face for yards per game since week 12. The fun doesn't stop at the huddle. Be sure to check us out at thehuddle.com for more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, it's our questions of the week. Three questions for Alyssa. And here's number one. What was your favorite part about Robert Quinn breaking Richard Dent's sack record on Sunday, Alyssa? Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot to love. I love that he he broke the record. I think my, my favorite is that he actually broke, he broke the record in 16 games, right? Because we have like that extra 17th game 
now and there was always going to be an asterisk next to his name if you know he had if it had taken him 17 games although you know Quinn did miss a game this year too so he only played in 15 and, and accomplished that so I mean I love that I love that Matt Nagy took a time out to kind of to recognize that and I love just how humble he was after the game when he was talking about the record and you know, he's just always been like a soft-spoken kind of guy. He's here. It's his job to do it. He wasn't overreacting. I love that he was saying his teammates wouldn't let him forget, you know, the sack record, how, you know, he came close two other times in that game. And the fact that when the Giants abandoned the passing game, I was like, oh, my God, he's not even going to get a chance you to were break the yeah, We were texting. You were worried. I was worried. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this, and there's a couple other things you could say, right? Sacking Mike Glennon for the, yes. for the record was, was kind of hilarious. I, I just thought that it was kind of cool that Quinn, he's kind of surged lately with his sacks, right? So it, it, he's piled them up over the last couple of weeks, and he did it without Khalil Mack, right? So yeah. that's, I think that is super impressive. I think that might be my favorite part, besides him sacking Mike Glennon for the uh, for the. Do you want to know, too, that when, when Robert Quinn broke the Rams single season sack record, guess who he sacked to get it? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm terrible at trivia. Go. You tell me. Mike Glennon. <laughs> Glennon, Mike too. Glennon. Oh, I should have, yeah. Mike Glennon. That's, that's going to be a trivia question. So now you know, Ryan. So yeah. Quinn has sacked Mike Glennon to break the Rams single season sack record, which obviously has been broken by Aaron Donald at this point. And then the Bears single season sack record. I thought that was pretty cool. If you'd like your quarterback to get sacked or have something terrible happen, you should definitely sign Mike Glennon as your backup <laughs> uh, and put him in the game next year in 2022. So, okay. Question number two ESPN ranked the Bears, and this was not nice. As the second worst head coach destination among the most likely openings in 2022. So, Alyssa, do you agree or disagree that the Bears, with Justin Fields at quarterback, is a worse situation than some of these other teams like Minnesota, Carolina, Jacksonville, Vegas, and Denver, some of these other teams that could have uh, coaching vacancies? What do you think? Are they the second worst only ahead of the Texans? No, I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think the one thing that people are focused on is the fact that the Bears don't are without draft capital this year, which is important and it's a big deal, right? But that's not the only defining factor, right? Because when you have to, you have to look at the situations that you're coming into, Justin Fields is going to be a big reason why a head coach decides to come join the Bears. Like you want to, you need to build your team around a quarterback. You know, the thing when the Bears were looking for a head coach back in 2018 was to find the right guy to develop Mitchell Trubisky and they had to kind of probably sell him. But I mean, you have Justin Fields, who's a highly touted prospect uh, and a rookie who, I mean, it's, he's had a rough year, but I mean, when you look at the situation around him and then you look at the rest of the young talent that they have in place, I mean, Roquan Smith, who is going to be, you know, signed to an extension, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, you know, Jalen Johnson, you know, Thomas Graham, even you have the tackles, Seven Jenkins, Larry Borm. Like there's so much young talent on this team. I think that that should have a head coach really excited. You just really need to get the right guy in place and you need to sign some with the right free agents to get the right, right players involved. And, you know, you kind of look at the ownership too, which I mean, the ownership has, has come under fire and I've been one to definitely give that to them. But for all that said with, with the bears ownership and front office, they're, they're loyal. You know what I mean? Like we've seen that they decided to stick with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. They wanted to give them an option. They want them to succeed, right? They're not going to be someone who overreacts to one bad season or two bad seasons, unless you're as pitiful as Mark Trestman was, right? And then he was gone after two. So, I mean, you, the ownership, they're going to have faith in you. They're going to be patient. The Bears are going to have, a, a you know, a heck of a lot of cap space too this year, you know, to go ahead and bring in the right guys, you know, along with that current core group that you have currently in place so i mean i think there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic i don't think that they're the second worst i think there's plenty i think that they're going to be one of the top not the top because 
there are some depending on who comes available. When you look at it at this point right now, it's what do we have with the Raiders and the, and the Jaguars. And I think of the three, because we know the Bears are going to join them, I think the Bears would be the most attractive option uh, out of all three of them. So I don't think if, if Minnesota comes open, I can see why that would be a draw as well. But I don't think they're one of the worst. I think they're one of the best. I'm with you on this. Okay, so just think if you're a head coach, right, you're going for a head coach job, Alyssa, you could be the coach of the Chicago Bears or the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Which one? Oh, God. Come on. I, I love Trevor Lawrence. He's he's great. I'm not going to hold his horrible stats against him this year because it's his first year, and what a train wreck that franchise is. Urban Meyer, the ownership in Jacksonville, give me a break. I, I know that there's a draw there because of Lawrence, but and they're probably picking first again. But still, no, no, no. I, I'm taking sh- – no. I'm going to be the coach of the Chicago Bears over freaking Jacksonville. Are you kidding me? And then, like, Chicago or Carolina? How is that even close? The, the Bears at least have no. a quarterback. Car- Carolina, they're rotating between Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. They don't know. They don't have a quarterback. No, I'm taking Chicago. Chicago or Carolina. Just if, Sometimes if you just put the two teams next to each other, Chicago or Jacksonville, Chicago or Carolina, not even a question. Vegas is the closest. Yeah. I think you just gave me an idea for an article. Anytime. No, no. You don't need, you for that inspiration. Yeah, you don't have to give me credit either. <laughs> don't even have to give me credit. Uh, Vegas is the closest to the playoffs of all these teams that are that we've kind of been mentioning, right? Yeah. They have a chance this week. But their personnel department has been terrible, and they just don't have good people in their organization, right? I mean, just go th- Google the Raiders and go through all the crap that has happened with that team. Start with John Gruden and go down the list. It's just terrible, terrible. The personnel, they have so much to figure out. There's so much that you need to get right there. I'm not going to Vegas and trying to turn that thing. I'd rather be Chicago. I think there's two teams on the list that you can make an argument for. You mentioned one of them, Melissa, Minnesota. I could see Minnesota and Denver. I think Denver's got a, a yeah. rising defense. They've got uh, a lot of young weapons on offense. They've got a ton of cap room. They got draft capital. They, they traded Von Miller. So that's a pretty good situation, too. I will take Denver and Minnesota. I will not take any of the other teams. So I had to get that off my chest after reading that article. So I feel better now. <laughs> I feel better now. Okay, question number three. Another article on Bears Wire that piqued my interest was one about Roquan Smith. Right, Alyssa? He is entering a contract year in 2022. If the Bears want to keep him, uh, they should probably look into extending him this offseason. It would not be cheap. They would probably have to make him one of the highest paid inside linebackers in the game, right? So buy or sell that. Should they do that? Should they be extending Roquan Smith, making him part of what you're building here in Chicago? Absolutely. Sorry, I couldn't say it quick enough. Uh, when you, <laughs> yeah, you love Roquan. Let's when go. you look at Roquan Smith, he's just he's the core of that defense. He's he's who's who you're going to build that defense around because you know we're coming off the end of this you know the Vic Fangio era defense with Matt Nagy. You know all these aging veterans, some of you know who will be back next year, like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. But there are a lot of guys who are free agents or even who are on the roster that could be moved. Because, you know, depending on if you're bringing a new GM into into this and what it all looks like. But Roquan Smith is someone who he's going to be the core of your defense. He's one of the draws for, you know, bringing the next head coach in. I mean, I mean, let's let's put some respect on Roquan's name. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, even though he's disrespected on a weekly basis by pro football focus. Sorry, but he's like one of the lowest graded linebackers when I do my articles. And I'm like, why? Like, do you see, it's, like, it's like you're focusing on, like, one aspect, and I don't know. Like, I, I have beef with that. But And then how he's still not, you know, a pro bowler at this point, which is ridiculous. 
I mean, he hasn't been a first-team All-Pro, even though he should. I mean, he's one of the best in the game, and he does it quietly. And he's not someone who's, like, particularly flashy. I mean, aside from, you know, that pick six, you know, he does the job the right way. He's going to tackle. He doesn't make mistakes. He's very consistent. And he's someone who you need. He, he's he's in line to be one of, like, the next legendary linebackers in the Bears' history. And, you know, there's no way you don't sign him, that you don't re-sign him. I know there was a lot of debate with, like, Allen Robinson, right? Remember, we, we, we were up in arms when Ryan Pace didn't, you know, re-sign him last year. But Roquan is someone where, you know, if it's Pace or if it's a new GM in place, I mean, they're, they're going to do the right thing and make sure that the best player or one of the best players on your defense is still in place beyond uh, after his rookie after his rookie deals up. Yeah, he doesn't get the love in the Pro Bowl votes, which we could go on about. And the PFF thing, yeah. we could do a whole episode this offseason about the validity of the PFF. You're, you're giving me all these like post ideas. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I the got PF, this. The PFF thing, uh, <laughs> that's a rant that I will save for another day. But I uh, yeah. let's just say I'm anti-PFF. Just give me the, a guy that just sticks his nose in there and makes tackle after tackle is so valuable. And I think we'll see it. I think the Bears will extend him and it's going to be for a lot of money. And I think at this point, Alyssa, I would be more upset if they lost Roquan, then I would Khalil Mack, right? If they lost Khalil Mack, yeah. they tried to get out of that contract via, I think they have an out in 2022, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to look that up. But I think they could get out of his contract by cutting him or uh, make a trade or something. I'd be more upset with Roquan leaving than Khalil Mack at this point for the Bears. Yes, we got to get receivers. We got to get cornerbacks. I get that, but can't let Roquan Smith go. He's part of the core. He's, no. part, of the, he's part of what we're building here in Chicago. All right, one more game in the regular season. Bears at Vikings. The Bears, of course, are underdogs. They're always underdogs, Alyssa. So, oh, except for last week. Except for last week against the Giants. And and when they play the Lions. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We're underdogs last week, correctly. Uh, But underdogs here going to Minnesota to wrap up the season. We'll talk about the spread and make a pick right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicap and homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Our friends at Tipico Sportsbook have the Chargers favored three and a half in Las Vegas. The total sitting at 49 and a half. I'm taking the three in the hook with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are six and four against the spread as an underdog. The Chargers are four and six against the spread as a favorite. The Raiders may be getting tight end Darren Waller back. And I have this game as a pick em, So you give me the extra three and a half points with the home underdog and a must win. I'll take the Raiders. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll also be taking the Raiders. The Chargers have the third worst rush defense in the NFL, and the Raiders have been forced feeding it to Josh Jacobs with at least 15 carries over his last three. Give me the Raiders three and a half. A Legion will be rocking. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Bears heading to Minnesota to wrap up the season. They will be two and a half point underdogs, Alyssa. Uh, played the Vikings recently. They played them tough. They lost 17 to 9, if you'll remember. The defense dominated Kirk Cousins. He did not throw for 100 yards. and But the Bears just couldn't finish any of their drives, right? They, got, they were in Minnesota territory, it felt like, all game long. They just kept on missing on fourth down. They could not get a, they could not convert. They could not convert in the red zone. 
and they just couldn't score any points. I think they scored a touchdown right at the end, right? Last play of the game. They didn't even kick the extra point, and that's how it was 17-9. to uh, So that was yep. a frustrating one. How do you feel about this rematch in Minnesota? The Vikings were eliminated from playoff contention last week against the Packers. The Bears have been eliminated from the playoffs for a while now. What do you think about this spread? Bears heading to Minnesota, two-and-a-half-point underdogs this time. You know, weirdly enough, I feel better about this game than I did, like, what, three weeks ago? And that was, you know, because most of the Bears roster was out with COVID, and including their entire starting secondary. So, I mean, I feel a little better heading into this game. And, you know, the Vikings have nothing to play for but pride and may, or maybe Mike Zimmer's job at this point. But, I mean, I think at this point that they didn't make the postseason, that he's gone anyways. So, I mean, this could be very interesting, this game, to see, like, I mean, obviously, as a Bears fan, I want them to win, go out on a high note, make sure they're still undefeated in 2022, right? Uh, but I'm also really curious to see just if the Bears winning and making things really difficult on the Vikings, just like what that does to Mike Zimmer and like the content that that would just produce the would post be game. epic. Yes, the post game. Oh, my goodness. Or maybe like, you know, I, I still remember a couple years ago, I think the Bears were already in the playoffs. I think it was 2018, actually, Matt Nagy's first year. Uh, do you like you remember on the sideline where like Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen they're, they're like going at it because like he was getting just mauled by that defense and they're getting into an argument on the sideline I was just like this is great stuff <laughs> like I mean this could be it's not gonna be as, as bad as the Giants game was last week because that was just a, a very bad football team but I mean this has the potential to be quite interesting and you know depending on who starts a quarterback I mean the Bears are aiming for fields to start if he's still healthy you know but we'll see if that if that happens but I mean, I feel more confident than the last time. And, you know, why the heck not? It's the last game of, 20, you know, of 2021. And let's let Matt Nagy go out a winner. Yeah, like, like what crawled up Mike Zimmer's buttocks? Like, did you see him God. last week in the press in the presser? Like, he, what a pill he is. Holy crap. Like, going back to that original topic we talked about, like, who would you rather have a beer with, Matt Nagy or, or Zimmer? Is that even close? <laughs> Nagy. Yeah, Nagy. Oh. Zimmer. Oh, my God, dude. What the hell? So I don't think the Vikings are having as much fun as the Bears are. You know, I give the Bears credit for no. that. They they look like they like want to play some football. They they're not on the golf course yet. They're trying to play. They're trying to win. So I think I want to take the points. But the points of this game are interesting because the Bears are two and a half point dogs. So the Vikings aren't even getting that like that usual three point thing yeah. that you get when you're on the home team, right? So it's the sports books are giving the Bears some credit here, right? They're they're telling us that. They're actually, you know, maybe slightly better than the Vikings heading into this week. And I actually agree. I actually agree. I think the Bears, they, they might be better than the Vikings in this week because I just, I don't, I think the Vikings are going to be checked out. They just got eliminated. That was a tough loss against Green Bay. They had a bunch of guys out from COVID, including Cousins, right? So I don't think they're going to be really into it. So I think if I was betting the game, I would definitely, I would take the points. I think I would take the points. I'd, I'd back the Bears at two and a half point underdogs. Yeah, I, I take the points too. I mean, there's something to be said for momentum. And I, I, cause I know that, that the Bears are coming off beating the Giants and the Vikings just lost to the number one seeded Packers. So, I mean, clearly they're two completely different circumstances, but when you kind of look at like where each team is at this point, like mindset wise, like you said, it looks like the Vikings have checked out at this point. Granted, they were without Kirk Cousins uh, last week, so we'll see if he's able to clear the COVID list because we know he's unvaccinated. Um, and then the Bears, you know, they're riding a two-game winning streak. They know this is – we talked about, you know, Matt Nagy being that player coach, right? And his players are going to want to get him a win because they know this is going to be his last game. So I think that you're going to see a team that's competing very hard to make sure that they do get that win. And looking at those points, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. That's very – 
like it's a very it's probably one of the easiest decisions I think I've made with you know when, you know when we're talking about the spread and compares this year, which is shocking really. Yeah, I think I think I felt pretty good about it last week. The Bears were giving away five and a half points against that wretched Giants team in Mike Lennon. Uh, but yeah, this this feels pretty good too. I would I would I would wager I would wager maybe a unit or two on the Bears on this one. I I would I, I would not be afraid. So we record on a Tuesday. So if we're talking at this time next week, the Bears could be at the start of their head coaching search, Alyssa. So you ready for that? You ready to wrap up this regular season and get on to? Uh, the off season for 2022. I, I've been ready for a while. You know, it's, it's yes, going to be. I, I, I really have. Like, I mean, I'm actually already working on stuff because, like, I mean, we already know we know it's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it's crazy though because also at the same time, I'm so eager for the season to be done so that they can get rid of Maggie and you know we can have hope again, right? When they bring in a new head coach because yep. that's what always happens at that point. But at the same time, we have to think about it because you know football we we get 17 games, right? 17 weeks. Uh, if you're a team like the Bears, it doesn't really make the playoffs a lot. Uh, and then, you know, you you go eight months again before you get another Bears game, right? So, I mean, I, like for all the fans out there, because I know I'm going to be aware of this too, you know, just take the time to, you know, enjoy Sunday's game, right? Because this is the last one we're going to see for a while. Yeah, I think I think fans are ready for it. Let's move on to 2022. The, the Chicago Bears. That is not a bad destination for a head coach, a, you know, a, a potential as, head coach. Not as bad as some teams. Do not listen to what you're reading out there. <laughs> people okay my god unless it's from bears wire yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah believe what you're reading on bears wire Alyssa's got your back for sure so uh all right we appreciate each and every one of you for hanging on and listening all the way through enjoy some football this weekend we'll be back next week we'll catch you then bear down this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.